The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. BetQL. Oh, you better believe John Daigle was all over Kenneth Walker's 100-yard day against the Cardinals last week. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does every Friday, is John Daigle from 4 for 4 at BetSperts. John, thank you so much for joining, joining us. Kudos on the Kenneth Walker play. So why don't we start with the Seahawks, because you are a noted Seahawks whisperer. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cleveland Browns. Arguably, this is the toughest test that the Seahawks could face all season long as far as a defensive you know, performance by the Browns and what they're capable of. So what do you expect as far as prop sides total in this game? I'm actually not attracted about the under in this game, uh, but the over, I should say. I, I wonder if both offenses will struggle in this one, and that's why I really haven't done much work around the receiving props because I'm kind of just on the unders across the board here. Uh, we have multiple injuries happening on the offensive sides of the ball. Multiple injuries are happening across the league, actually, that we're all for to see whether they're going to be game time decisions or play after the final injury reports come out today. But for me, the only bet I have in this game so far is PJ Walker under passing yards because before the bye, Seahawks dealt with so many injuries. Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Jamal Adams, the list goes on. But since getting those players back these past couple of games, uh, no quarterback has averaged over six yards per attempt against them. P.J. Walker's passing yards prop, last I checked, was around 207, 205 at BetMGM. And actually, no one, or P.J. Walker hasn't passed 200 passing yards in any of his games so far. He's passed for 178, 192 in his two starts. So that's a prop that I'm actually going to be on this week in terms of this game. Overall, though, Ed, unless you have a side for me, I don't have one because I'm just worried about both of these teams hitting their team totals. 
I'm you backing the Browns here at plus three and a half, personally. Okay. Uh, that, that's the side Fair. that I like. Uh, that's what the model is telling me to do. Uh, you know, with a low total, like, that, that's leading me to believe that there could be a Geno Smith problem. So there is yes. that element to it. But that's the side that I would take there, John, to answer your question. All right. Um, John, do you uh, write the headlines for your columns at 4 for 4? Or is it somebody else? Uh some sometimes I do. What? Why? What are you going to ask? <laughs> did you did you this week for the waiver wire column? I did do uh, Josh Downs with the sickness. Yes, I did. <laughs> bravo, <laughs> bravo, man! I saw that. I was like, that's good. I need to ask they, John if they he, want like the <laughs> SEO like they want you to click it and so like you know usually i'm I'm up all night turning around the the csvs and the data uh, i'm single yeah. ladies just in case you're curious um but yeah so i just i just throw in i throw in something after i'm just so tired and just make it funny yeah Dude, no, it worked it made me click on it and there it was Thank i didn't you. even know that you wrote the column downs with the sickness i liked it all right what what are we doing with with this niner situation obviously a likely quarterback change with the purdy injury maybe we'll get more movement on the point spread just all sorts of angles the niners coming off a couple of losses does this change things is it typical shanahan offense as usual with likely Darnold in how does that work and what are your thoughts on which borough are we going to see in Bengals Niners I wish I knew because the 49ers didn't have an issue still creating pressure against Kirk Cousins last week he was pressured on 35 percent of his dropbacks he was just good and to his credit he's been awesome all season I don't know where the resurgence has come from but even last week 14 of 16 under pressure was amazing. Whereas we all know Joe Burrow is dead last in the league, 2.6 yards per attempt under pressure. So does he come back? Does the offense come back? Has it changed anything? Is he going to go deeper? I'm not sure, but I actually don't worry about the 49ers offense with Sam Darnold. Uh, we're about to see the true test of how much Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks under him matter. Mm -hmm. But the fact is Sam Darnold last year was good. He averaged over eight yards per attempt in his starts. He only had one interception as well. And so I think he'll be good enough to engineer this offense. And although Luana Rumo has done an amazing job to this date so far, the Niners have the talent in place to still beat him. Uh, if they want to lean on Christian McCaffrey to hide Sam Darnold, which I don't think they will, the Bengals still haven't been able to stop the run at all. They're the only team allowing over 17% of the runs against them to gain 10-plus yards. They can't stop explosives on the ground whatsoever. So there's that. If they want to go through the air, then we've seen this offense shake out in the past without George Kittle, and that included on without Debo Samuel, and that included on Monday night. For instance, D George Kittle last year without Debo had a 24.4% target share. Uh, this past week, 24.1% led the team in receiving yards. So I think George Kittle's receiving over props are something I'm on. Not only that, but Anarumo has schemed man coverage at the league's eighth highest rate. And Brandon Ayuk has, has seen 60% of his targets against man coverage this year for literally the sixth most yards per route run in the league. So I just think these instruments do not change against the way Bengals play defense. And that's why I really don't have an issue with Donald being under center. So if you're asking me to bet aside, I do actually think it's the San Francisco covering here. Love it. What's one of your favorite props so far on the board where there's still value? In the Steelers 
Jaguars game, which has no, I know has been steamed a little bit to the over. I think probably because outside of Mike Tomlin voodoo, the Steelers defense has still struggled with stopping explosives this year. That Rams game is still so wild to think that they had 110 yards of offense through three quarters. Uh, TJ Watt set them up inside the 10 yard line for their only touchdown uh, in the, in those first three quarters. And yet they still walked away with the win. Absolutely incredible. But for that one, I think we're seeing two offenses going the opposite ways and that the Steelers can't stop explosive runs. And here comes Travis Etienne, who at the very least, we know the Steelers last week, Daryl Henderson, a 16-yard run in the opening drive. Uh, both Rams running backs got there on the ground. And so I just think it's an amazing spot for Travis Etienne rushing. And on the other side of the ball, Najee Harris is pretty much pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, all because he scored a touchdown last week. When in reality, um, this Jags defense still allowing just 3.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And then Najee Harris has averaged less than four yards per carry on the entire season. And so I had a lot of props last week, beginning with Alvin Kamara under 45 and a half rushing yards. And that's kind of been the threshold for the Jaguars. And he would not have gotten there if it weren't for that uh, one 15-yard carry inside the two-minute two minute drill that was a delayed handoff. And, you know, the Saints were down by one score, but it was basically garbage time. So that was upsetting. But I also know from experience <laughs> that's what happened. And he wouldn't have gone over 45 yards if it weren't for that one measly carry. So definitely back on Najee Harris under rushing yards. And then I do like Chris Olave over receiving yards because his target share has dipped now. And that's my big prop for this week. Hopefully it hits unlike Darius Slayton because those targets went to Jalen Hyatt <laughs> instead. We had, the, we had the process right. We just had the receiver wrong. But uh, Chris Olave, though, we've now seen that last year, 60% of his targets came against zone coverage. He was literally fifth in the league in yards per route run. And we know Gus Bradley and the Colts don't back down from that scheme. Second in zone coverage this year. They've run cover three at the league's highest rate. And actually, as bad as Derek Carr has been this season, against cover three, only 10% of his targets have been off target. Uh, he hasn't been launching those prayer yards and deep shots that don't go anywhere, but the stands outside of like zone coverage. So I think it's an amazing spot for Chris Olave to bounce back. We also like the over in that game just because of the environment the Colts provide on offense. Even in Gardner Minshew's three starts, if we remove Anthony Richardson being under center, we've seen that, as I pointed out in the downs with the sickness column, that the, Sa the Colts have still led the league in plays per game, combined points per game, dropbacks per game, and drives per week. Like, they're not stopping the volume just because Minshew's under center. So I do like both offenses to get there this week. And definitely that has been a popular over uh, with the public, so that one makes a whole lot of sense. It's weird that I'm the one asking about this game, but I find it intriguing. It's the Texans at the Panthers. Carolina mm -hmm. at home is three and a half point dogs with a total of 43 and a half. Does seem like that the Panthers uh, did a couple of things during the bye, new play caller, things like that to where maybe this is just going to be a different Panthers offense. What are you expecting from them? And are there props on the Texan side you want to back? It's my hold my nose bet of the week because opened at three and I was waiting for the hook 
and we got it fortunately. So I bet the Panthers, even though I have no faith in it, I'm just playing the numbers. And it's the fact that I'm not sure, although I believe in this offense, and I think this total may be going overlooked a little bit because I think both teams can score. I'm just not sure the Texans, as great as C.J. Stroud has been, deserve to be three-and-a-half-point road favorites just yet in the league, even coming out of, like, the Carolinas' bye. Um, I do like, as Aaron and I were talking about before the show, I do actually like C.J. Stroud over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns. That's one we align on at plus money. I believe that (laughs) that MGM has it for plus 110, plus 112 still right now. Just because C.J. Stroud has been a different quarterback against zone covers this year. Much more efficient and averaging 8.1 yards per attempt. The Panthers scheme the highest rate of zone coverage in the league. And so with Robert Woods removed from this offense this week, we think they're going to put their best players on the field. Noah Brown will still be out there because he's their elite run blocking option. They like to have that guy out there. But Tank Dale will be in three wide sets with Nico Collins. And we know both of those players have a ceiling. So excited about that one. Not only that, but the Texans getting back some of their offensive linemen they were missing prior to the bye for injury. But I'm just curious. I think the Panthers will push the Texans back, which is why I also like the over and Stroud to have to go through the air. First of all, the Panthers are getting back, I believe, Frankie Louvu and Von Bell um, inside the box safety, which should help. They're not world beaters, but they should help their run defense quite a bit. And that's what the Texans have leaned on on early downs. But coming out of the bye with Thomas Brown, you know, coming from the Sean McVay coaching tree, I would like to think they do enough. I don't know with what talent. I don't know how they're going to get there. But I would like to think they change things enough to make bright life for Bryce Young just a hair easier. Um, and so maybe we see a little more Jonathan Mingo. Maybe we see a little more Hayden Hurst just to move the sticks more often as opposed to going to Adam Thielen solely. So, yeah, I like the over in that game quietly. We know to pick on the commander's secondary. Are, are you taking that viewpoint this week? You have Hurts. They took him off the injury report, but I don't believe anything they're saying about his health. He looked to be hobbled over the weekend. Um, A.J. Brown should light them up and he destroys man coverage which is what the commanders do it probably doesn't matter which guys they change back there is it just like is it going to just going to be one of those games where aj brown is probably going to lead all receivers and everything and remember the last time these two teams played in week two this was actually devonta smith's best game of the year you know in in Hmm. fantasy we've been citing that he was actually a, a top 12 wide receiver in this game and that's the last time because you can do whatever you want against the commanders. And so that's what's that's what's interesting about this one is that I think Devonta Smith can have success too, and we just haven't seen him be relevant whatsoever since week three. Ever since Hertz and Smith got into that shouting argument over whatever they were yelling about. Taylor Swift, I don't know what they were talking about. But in week three, <laughs> since that time, A.J. Brown has a 34.5% target share. Devonta Smith, the next on the team, with just 19%. Like, they've just been going away from everyone else except Brown in that span. So you're right. Brown probably does ultimately get there. He seems like he's fast-tracking for Offensive Player of the Year as long as no one yeah. else like heats up as, mu- heats up as much. But it, I, would, I would lean towards the over, yes, if I had confidence in the Jalen Hurts injury. Uh, the issue, of course, is what you mentioned. Are they telling the truth about his injury since he still apparently has his brace on in practice as well? So I'm a little bit skeptical. Otherwise, I do think it's enough to where the passing game is what matters here against the commanders who continue to be a pass funnel. 
I know I was thinking about taking the commanders as dogs. Like they, they seem to win games and they play the Eagles tough. They beat them by like 10 points last year. It, the, the, maybe they're due for a win or some crazy thing happens and goes the commander's way. Anything else? We've got like 30 seconds that you love that we haven't touched on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com sale. That's hellotend.com sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Chiefs Broncos under, I still believe, hits. Uh, even last week, the Chiefs are trending towards being an under team just because of how great they play defense. And even last week, that was two quarters of action because no offense got there in the second half. Uh, if you watch only the second half, you would think the team scored 10 points combined. And now we have the Broncos offense who, yes, they'll be at home this week, but the last time we saw them against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, 95 yards and two interceptions for Russell Wilson. And then, of course, the Chiefs now, ever since they got Chris Jones back in week two, only the eighth fewest yards per play allowed, third lowest passing explosive rate, and no offense has eclipsed over 21 points against them. No offense has scored three touchdowns against them in that time. So I actually lean towards a slower pace game. I know the overs going up in that one, I think recency bias is affecting that one. So Chiefs Broncos under for me. Good stuff. John Daigle from 4 for 4 in Bettsburgs. Thank you so much for your time. We always enjoy it each and every Friday. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Steelers are three-point dogs at home. It's true. 
and we have our favorite angles for Jaguars, Steelers, and much more right here on the BetQL Network. Get to Pickens for 41 yards. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Let's go back to the games. We've got the Jaguars at the Steelers, and this line has fluctuated just a little bit. Currently, it is the Jaguars' two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh. That's mighty interesting. The total here is 41. Joe, I mentioned one teaser leg that I find mighty appealing earlier in the show. Is this another one? Yeah, but I'm thinking more about the side. And it's like, how many times are we going to go to this well? How many times are we going to mention Mike Tomlin as an underdog? But the thing is, it cashes so often. And now it's one of these special circumstances where he hits at a higher rate. It's a home underdog. I liked what I saw out of the receivers, Deontay uh, Johnson with his return. Uh, He didn't practice yesterday. I don't think that's a big thing. I think it's just getting him some extra rest. Um, But obviously pay close attention to the injury report. I don't know if people expected this, but Jaguars Steelers is a matchup of top 10 defenses. Like, yeah, you expect it on the Pittsburgh side, but you expect it on the Jacksonville side. Um, It's, it's only Steelers for me. This is only a Steelers play. And assuming that he's healthy, I would look, take a look at Deontay Johnson at over 51 and a half. I thought the number would be a little bit higher than what we've seen after all the buzz of him and his return. He goes five for 79. Uh, Again, I'm on repeat, but there are so many things up in the air here. Top cornerback Tyson Campbell was limited in practice yesterday for the Jaguars. So if he's out, I will be taking a look at some of these receivers, including including Johnson. Uh, Zay Jones not been practicing. That's not a surprise. We haven't seen him. Extra rest for Trevor Lawrence. A week and a half ago, the, the thought was, hey, this guy might not even play. Well, he goes out there and he's a leading rusher for the Jaguars. So I think he's just fine and uh, he'll look even better. But yeah, it, it's just a Steelers spot. And if you don't trust that, Oh, really? Think somebody's going to Pittsburgh and winning by double digits? No chance. Yeah, it's a great teaser. I agree. I was looking at the first half under 20 and a half. Both of these defenses are so good, and it's not even the lowest total on the board. So I'm looking under here, and you cannot play a close game against Mike Tomlin and this Steelers team. And I do expect this game to be close, so I just lean Steelers here I love Mike Tomlin um Trevor Lawrence needs a score in the red zone they are I think they're heading into their bye right yeah and then they've got the Niners the Jags do so the Jags are in a bit of a dis- desperate spot I mean they really need to get a win here if they're gonna make the playoffs and then they've got a tough uh game right out of the bye so I, I just lean I think this will be a close game I think Steelers covered spread Isn't it interesting that we are expecting a close game here? I think all of us are. Now, I'm backing the Steelers to win this thing outright, plus 120 payout Mm -hmm. has value as far as the money line is concerned. But isn't it interesting that we're expecting a close game, but we don't trust Najee Harris? Don't we have to trust the Steelers' ground game a little bit to believe this game to be close? Or is it something where they're going to be, you know, going back and forth, you know, trading blows? Because, yeah, this Jaguars defense, like, I trust Josh Allen. Like, he's been a pressure machine this season. But do you trust everyone else 
I don't know. Do we think that this Jaguars secondary is going to play at a high level? Is it going to continue that way against Deontay Johnson and George Pickens and company? I don't know about this. I might venture to trust, and it's a dangerous proposition, I know, but I might trust Kenny Pickett just a little bit more. Like that second half performance against the Rams, that was really, really impressive. And I think mm-hmm. it's mentioning the stat line one more time that we need to you know, emphasize here. 11 of 12, 152 yards, completion percentage over expected of 18.9%. And this was all without the help of play action. Kenny Pickett has been good against single high safety coverages. And even though I like the under Najee Harris 41 and a half rushing yards, I do think that Pickett can do enough to win this game. Yeah. And it's like, are, are you, we, is the market going too far on the Jacksonville side too? They've got a four game winning streak. You give them credit for that. They win the two London games. Then they played a divisional matchup against the Colts. They lose in the box score, but then they end up winning in the game. They run away with it. They get a win last week under the lights when it was a question about Trevor Lawrence even playing in that game against a tough defense in New Orleans. They've got a tough defense in Pittsburgh. You know, before the season, what were the exp- which team was expected to be better? I would say Jacksonville. Would you guys agree with that? Sure. Of course. I would. Yeah. Well, all because the, of what the, happened the, last year, the playoff run, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Pittsburgh, they're all oh, they'll be around five hundred. Okay. Well, it's they're up to a right. four and two start, even though they have a negative point differential right now. I I'm not putting too much into it. I'm just saying like where it's going. So before the season, the number on this was Pittsburgh favored by one at home, right? And now it's been Jacksonville minus a field goal. At the moment, it's now two and a half everywhere. I think it's a it's a good time. You would think, oh. Maybe you sell on the Steelers, but no, they're at home, the underdog, because of their opponent. It's actually probably a good time to sell on the opponent coming in as the favorite in this spot. Real quick, I'll play devil's advocate. And I know know you guys want to say it's a Jags thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. Pretend it's It's a Jags Name the team something else. Name the team something else. Yeah, Mm -hmm. all that stuff about Kenny Pickett is great. The Rams defense is not good. 20th ranked DVOA and EPA per play, fifth worst tackling grade, second worst coverage grade. It doesn't matter what coverage they play. So, yes, the Steelers offense look good. You're going against the top 10 defense in Jacksonville, a little bit different. I'm not going to make the case for Steelers or for the Jags if it gets to three. Inside of three, I will be betting the Jags. I bet the Jags minus two and a half. All of a sudden, Matt Canada is legit. Uh, Josh Allen, we talked about him, second most pressures in the NFL. Pittsburgh has the second worst pass yep. blocking grade, bottom five pressure rate lo- allowed. Uh, he's got talked about Allen yesterday, second most pressures in the NFL. He could wreck this game. And the Jags defense, buy him or not buy him, they're a top 10 passing defense. And we know the Steelers can't run the ball. And we just heard John Dago talk about it, Travis Etienne against this run defense. He could have a really big game. Inside of three, it's a play on the Jags for me. I know the entire world is going to be Tomlin, a home dog, all that. And I hear I know. what you guys are it's saying, scary. but I'm going to go the other yeah. way. I'm going the other way. Well, yep. well, one thing that did, like, I thought about is the two games the Steelers have lost, they did get smashed. 30-7 to by the Niners and 30-6 to by the Texans. All of the other games have been close games. So it's like, is are the Jags going to smash him? <laughs> are they due? Kenny Pickett, third highest bad ball rate in the league. I honestly I would stay away from the teaser side because I to Aaron's point I think this could either be a blowout or a Steelers win outright I just I don't want to play the play Steelers Mm -hmm. plus three or money line whatever I wouldn't mess around with the teaser 
Oh, fair enough. I don't see. A, I don't see a blowout. Either way, Joe. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. Close game, I, regardless. Okay. I I, I think it's a fair good enough. teaser spot with a total of forty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Let's see how quickly we can get through Saints at Colts because uh, this one is gross. Uh, the Saints are one-point favorites. Totals 43 and a half. And, folks, this is the third most bet over at BetMGM. We are expecting a lot of points in this one, Joe. I mean, whatever. I mean, this is the one game that I was circling and say, <laughs> like, I, I don't have a side total prop. Like, I, I could make a case for a lot of different things, but not – not really in this one. Okay, Minshew, seven turnovers the last two games. Guy stinks. We know that. The more we see of him, the worse it's going to get. It's a you want to trust Carr? Carr is a favorite. I know it's a short favorite. He's awful. Awful. Raiders, Saints. He still isn't covered as a favorite being with the Saints. This is gonna be seventh time he's probably gonna go off as a favorite. So I I don't trust either team. I don't like anything. And then the Colts. At home, they find ways to put up points. Look at what they did last week against Cleveland. By far the best defense in the league. I want nothing to do with this game. I want nothing to do with it. With so many games going on at the same time, I am not even going to say that I'm going to sit back and watch because there's a chance that I'm not watching any of this game. It's just that that game for me of the week where I have very little interest. Same. I hope uh, Scott Hansen doesn't go to it much uh, on red zone. I have no interest either. Even if the Colts went outright, there's really no value. I just don't care. Derek Carr's whining like a baby. His emotions are taking over. There seems to be a lack of chemistry, but then it looks like maybe they figured things out a little bit in the second half. It's like, I have no idea what to make of this team. So pass for me, Ed. The optics between Carr and Olave make me really nervous. The numbers certainly suggest that Olave could have a bounce back game in here, but the optics do make me, uh, you know, really apprehensive betting on that. I do have a gross prop I like in this game. Alvin Kamara is getting the ball too often, but I think that's in large part because they just don't trust Derek Carr in the deep ball. They just don't. And so Kamara's getting the ball a good bit. The problem is he's averaging just 2.6 yards per carry after contact or before contact, 2.6 yards per carry before contact. That's bottom 15 in the league. So the scheme doesn't work and Kamara's still getting the ball. So I wonder if someone else will be getting those carries because they don't trust the passing game. And that's where I think Taysom Hill comes in. Over 10 and a half rushing yards. That one I love because he'll get it in short yardage situations. Maybe it's the Saints version of the tush push. I don't know, but maybe he breaks free a couple of times so that he's alleviating the workload from Kamara. So give me that one uh, as gross as that one might be. Let's move on now to the Patriots and the Dolphins. Miami, nine and a half point favorites. The total has moved up to 47. Joe, this is the most bet under at BetMGM. And we have the second most popular money line dog in the Patriots at plus 350. We all believe in Mac Jones, right? We're going to do it again. Patriots pull off the upset as a massive underdog in a divisional matchup. I would bet no on that. That that would be a hard no for me. Look, I mean, the Dolphins are getting healthier, and that is key. Mostert goes from a no practice to a limited yesterday. Tyreek says to the media, I'm playing, guys. Don't worry. He goes from a no practice to a limited on Thursday. I expect him to be to be in. Uh, 
strange, strange stuff going on in this one. Like there's this fake news story on Jalen Ramsey. He's like, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not playing. So you can get that out of your head. <laughs> that was out there yesterday. So a lot going on. Um, two has been great against Belichick defenses. Two was awesome at home. He's 15 and five against the spread at home. This is a bounce back spot before the big trip to London for the Dolphins Chiefs game next week, which I'm sure that we are going to spend much of the week discussing. Can't wait for it. But the Dolphins don't want to go there uh, losing back-to-back games here. I mean, yeah, I expect I expect that bounce back. Now that it looks like it's going to be Mostert, now that it looks like it's going to be Tyreek, I trust that. Mac Jones straight up outplayed Josh Allen last week. Do we think he's going to run it back and now he's going to outplay Tua in this offense? I don't think so. Uh, it was a seven-point game the last time they played, but this time in Miami, I'm expecting a different result. They knocked it out of teaser range. If I'm doing anything in this one, I would lay the lumber with the Dolphins. Wow. It's a big number. But, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins won the first matchup. They're going to win it again. I, I just don't think the Patriots have the personnel to keep up with this really fast speedy dolphins team i'm probably not gonna bet the spread but i don't see any way that the patriots upset the dolphins here i don't at all either but i am backing the patriots to cover the number i think it's just too big here in large part because yeah miami's offense is spectacular but i don't know if they do the things necessary to cover really large spreads If you're looking at which teams play up-tempo to where we have more possessions and drives, it's actually the Patriots who resort to no huddle more often. 13.1% per NFLO versus the Dolphins, 4.5%. Tyreek Hill may not be 100%. That's a really important deal. And look, the Pats exploited a divisional matchup already. I'm not expecting them to beat the Dolphins on the road. Not at all. But I do think, though, that this is a slower-paced game to where there aren't going to be the opportunities for the Dolphins to cover the number. And so that's the one reason. My model has this as Dolphins minus 8.1. I do think Tua's longest completion will be over 38 and a half yards. That one makes a whole lot of sense to me here. But otherwise, there aren't too many plays that I like here, Joe. I want to see what the number is on Mostert. Nothing's been posted on rushing yards for him because obviously we we don't know what's going to happen with limited practice, but I expect him to be in there. Uh, Watch out for him. When they played back in week two, they they didn't quite trust the rookie A-chan. Obviously, before the injury, before he started uh, going off, it was mostly Mostert. And he had 18 carries, 121 yards, and two touchdowns in that matchup. Now, the touchdown prop is way too juiced. That's not something you want to take take a look at. You know, maybe two touchdowns. That's plus 650. It's a rogue plus 650 out there. The price is all over the place. But I'm curious what the, uh, what the rushing yards prop is going to be. I don't think the Dolphins offense is going to be held to 45 rushing yards again. Stank and they're not out of field goal range. Matt Gay is blocked. That's a live football. It's picked up Denzel Ward. Shane Stanken rolling the dice. They attempt a 60-yard field goal. Miles Garrett, the block. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you as we go back to the games. And maybe this is my favorite one of the slate. I'm not sure, but I like it a lot. We've got the Browns at the Seahawks. 
It is Seattle as three and a half point favorites. The total is a low 38 in part because the Seahawks have a lot of injuries to deal with. A lot of DNPs with Walker and Lockett and Wagner. Now DK Metcalf did return to practice, Joe, but it does explain the low number. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. So what what's going to happen now? Is there going to be Charbonnet if it's not Walker? And then what? What sort of number do you set going against this Browns defense in that kind of a matchup? A lot of questions, not only with the Browns quarterback, what about the Browns running backs? So Ford is going to be out. You're already missing Chubb. Now we're down to Kareem Hunt. They're saying he's going to play. He's been dealing with the thigh injury. If you look at what Kareem Hunt's been doing this year, 3.2 yards per carry. He's been awful. So he's going against one of the best run defenses in Seattle. Which team is going to move the ball? We have questions about Geno facing this fantastic defense. I, I don't know where the scoring's coming from. I mentioned it uh, yesterday. I'm still on it. I know it's a low total. I don't care. I don't know which team's getting to, like, 24. Maybe there's a team that gets to 20, but I'm going under 38. Gosh, this is a t- another tough one for me. The Browns <laughs> need to run the ball. Like, I don't know what's going on there. And the Seahawks, I think they can lose this game. I'm tempted to even do Browns money line here. I think this should be closer to a pick em. Uh The Seahawks need to get DK Metcalf and other weapons involved. And I, I mean, this is a... I'll just do. I'm. I think I'm thinking about just betting Browns money line. I'm really Browns money line. Oh, straight, yeah. straight up with Aspen. What's up? Plus wow, one sixty. You're there. I too? will say, no, no. But plus three and a half. That's Browns or nothing. Like I, I'm talking myself yes. into the Browns. That's plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. I know I mentioned Seahawks earlier in the week. I believe inside of three or at three, but. Yeah, P.J. Walker on the road. Seahawks defense, by the way, over the past month, granted, they haven't played world beaters, but you could be the 10th-ranked defense after not playing world beaters. Number one defense over the past month. Like, that's not nothing. Um, Lockett and Walker injuries are very problematic. So, yeah, we'll <laughs> see We'll see what the in- final injury report comes in. I can't say it's one of my strongest. It's it's tough to say no to Cleveland plus three and a half. I'll say that. I mean, look, mm-hmm. and you you know that Seattle defense. Now it kind of we talked about their their great run defense, but also the secondary. Like Witherspoon has stepped in and been awesome as back to back years. They use a top pick on a corner, and they just step in. They've been great from from the outset. Uh, PFF mentioned mm-hmm. on PJ Walker that <laughs> his throws to uh, Amari Cooper. of his throws to Cooper have been deemed catchable. Catchable. (laughs) With with a slightly older receiver, mind you. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, just because they're catchable, now Cooper has to catch them. He made an awesome catch. I think it was last week up the sideline with Walker. Basically, Mm -hmm. that's what he needs to do every time. If he's going to catch the ball, it's got to be some miraculous play. Uh, So, yeah, not much scoring. (laughs) Brings me back to the under. I think it is wild. That the preseason line on this was Seahawks minus two. And that's assuming like Deshaun Watson as Deshaun Watson and the move to PJ Walker is three is three and a half. Like that is just big picture for the Browns. Yikes. Like Sean and mm-hmm. I and we were saying it last week. It mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be anymore. Like Deshaun Watson is broken. 
Yeah, he is. It's amazing that like typically the best defense will at least make the playoffs every single year. But it is possible that if Cleveland loses this game and PJ Walker still plays horribly, like this could be the first year in a long time. The best defense by far doesn't make the playoffs. Like, let's Jeez. soak that in for a moment, because in that nuts to think about, like as well as Miles Garrett and company have played it may not matter because the quarterback situation is just that awful. I, I mean, I'm floored that this is a possibility. And it really is, given how things are unfolding. The one thing, though, that I think keeps the Browns in this game, and you can call me Captain Hook here because I think the hook matters and why I'm backing the Browns here, is that, yeah, without Nick Chubb, the rushing attack has taken a dip. But inside runs have not been terrible. They're averaging 1.2 yards before contact per carry. That's 14th in football. And I do think if they get to the red zone, it's not going to happen many times here, but the few times that they do get into the red zone, I do trust the Browns a little bit more to at least score touchdowns, uh, especially against those Seahawks defensive tackles. And so I think that's what probably is the difference here. It's nothing P.J. Walker is doing for the most part. So it's inside runs, I think, will help a great deal. Then as for Seattle... Is this a Zach Charbonnet game? Is he someone you want to trust? Is he someone who can go over his rushing prop? I think so. But we're just guessing at this point until we get that final injury report mm-hmm. and hear what's happening with Walker. Or do you think that they'll split it anyways because Walker is hobbled and it's going to take mm-hmm. a lot. You need fresh running backs in this one. Is that For what you're sure. thinking? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that may also be a part of it is, you know, who is going to be the backup? Who is going to get these carries? Because the workload matters a great deal going up against that defense. So definitely that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on now mm-hmm. to the Chiefs and the Broncos. The most bet game at BetMGM as the Chiefs are seven-point favorites. The total has moved up to 47. It is the most bet over at BetMGM. So, Joe, do you buy into what the public is saying that this is going to be a higher-scoring game and maybe the Chiefs will cover the big number? Well, the the number's been going up throughout the week. Now we're, as you mentioned, we're out to 47. This thing opened at 44 and a half. So there's been a lot of money coming in on that over. But that's not the headline for me on the move. Why is so much Broncos money coming in? Or why is smart Broncos money coming in as we're down to seven? If If you tease numbers through the seven and the three, this is now out of teaser range because of Broncos support not because of the Chiefs. And that's what I've been trying to figure out. Uh, Last time we saw the Chiefs last week, it was unbelievable. Mahomes threw for 321 yards in the first half. Kelsey goes off for 179, and now we're getting support on the Broncos. I find that really interesting. Um, How how much has the, uh, the benching of Mathis, probably the worst corner in the NFL this year, changed things? Well, it seemed to help things for a week, or was that more about just Jordan Love? being a poor quarterback. I'm I'm intrigued in the movement here. I this is a Broncos or nothing spot for me. Division game at home. I don't know that I'm going to have the guts to pull the trigger though. I I wish it was more than 7. Um I'm not going to make this play. It's one of those games that are in the middle that I'm considering, but it's pretty eye-opening that the Broncos have have received uh so much support here. Chiefs defense did a great job in Jerry Judy last time. 3 catches 14 yards only 
His props at 48 and a half. I was considering that, but then I look back to last year. I'm like, oh yeah, Judy had a three touchdown game against the Chiefs. So maybe I'll just uh, <laughs> stay away from that one. I cannot figure out why Pat Mahomes passing yard prop is it 274 and a half. Something's Doesn't that seem yeah. really low? I don't understand what the heck is going on. Like, I see that number for Pat Mahomes, and I'm like, I'll put my mortgage on that. That's so low against Whoa. this Broncos team. I don't understand what is going on here. What am I yeah. missing? Yeah, we're missing something. We're missing something. It's I don't know if it's the home field advantage, divisional matchup, whatever it is. They're, they just played each respected, other. I don't get it. There's yeah. respected money game. coming in on Denver. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs. And I've been saying it, no one's listening, but I've been saying it. The Chiefs' run defense is not good. They are 30. I agree. EPA per play on defense. Mm -hmm. Devontae Williams, in limited action, in his first game back from injury, was like five and a half yards a clip. He was breaking all their soft-ass arm tackles. Their, his number is 45 and a half. Devontae Williams, over 45 and a half. I think that's the, the game script has to be there for that to work for them. But that's how they tried to start last game. And they kept does it close. And I does it for that number? Does the game script even matter? I don't know. For 45 and a half? No. No, I will yeah. be playing alt numbers on that. 45 to 1 to lead this lead Sunday in rushing yards, by the way, will definitely be mm -hmm. a low. But I think he's going to run all over that defense. And I think that could keep it close. And maybe the Chiefs pull away in the second half, but I it is absolutely Broncos are nothing in this spot. Yep. Agree. I'm I'm glad you brought up the Chiefs run defense because that's exactly why I like the over in this game. I think the public is spot on as far as that's concerned. And I think that last matchup, the what, the 19 to 8 game uh just a couple weeks ago. I don't really care that much. Red zone performance isn't sticky from one game to the next. One of five Pat Mahomes was. I don't think that's going to happen here. I think Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns. It's the bit, but it's at plus 155. And Joe, I love it. Yep. I, I, I should mention there are a couple <laughs> seven and a halfs out there. If you want to back the Broncos in this, I'm not expecting those to last since, last since half the market is already at seven. Uh, to Paul's point about Javante, I agree completely. He's number two in the league in yards after contact per attempt. And, you know, mm -hmm. just a couple weeks back from the injury, it looks like they're leaning more and more his way. I was wondering how much work McLaughlin is going to get because I like him. But it does seem like they're, they're starting to lean Javante's way, and I – I expect him to get plenty of work in this spot. And that is a low number. That's a good look for the prop. Yeah, for sure. I think also too, Russell Wilson will have an average game, Aaron, like 18th and adjusted EPA per play when taking out garbage time, 13th and overall PFF grade. Again, he's not playing poorly and that matters too, as far as his total and the side as well. Yeah, the only two things I'm betting here is Pat Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns at one plus 155 and Mahomes over 274 and a half passing yards. I love both of those. Good stuff. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we're talking about the big point spreads now. Ravens, Cardinals, Bears, Chargers, and so much more. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.